Blog Talk Radio. Podcast. My name is Kuhn Wong, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And guess what? We've made some changes. That's right. We have a brand new co-host today. We have Adam and Eva of the Burgundy Gold Report. And Adam, this is groundbreaking for us since Ryan Whitfield, my previous co-host, have been with us for five years before recently retiring from sports journalism. So you got huge shoes to fill, but I'll tell you that Ryan told us his last podcast here in Getting you to join us, the regular co-host, was one of the biggest announcements we've had in years. It's akin to the Broncos getting Peyton Manning and the Bucks getting Tom Brady. We're ready for our Super Bowl now. And I'll also let you know that last night on the Urban Sports Team podcast, both Wole and Ray were super psyched about you coming aboard and representing for the DMV. So welcome to the show, Adam. Wow. What, what an answer. Thank you. Uh, it, it's a pleasure. It's definitely something I've been wanting to get into for a long time. And, you know, we, we'd always talk about prospects and uh, watching football and a lot of podcasts I've been on. But I just love the opportunity to just talk about football in general because ever, ever since I grew up, it was all about Washington. But I just love just looking at rosters. A lot of people are stat guys. You know, they like to go over through that. I'm just a guy that likes to know everybody on the rosters. And that's how I got into, you know, the whole draft evaluation. So I'm just really excited. Uh, you know, to be a part of, the, of this team, I think that we uh, we put out some great content, and uh, I think we have a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, we de- we're definitely going to have a lot of fun. I can tell you that. I'll guarantee you that right now because it's going to be awesome. And we, we always have a great time when you're on the show. And I'm like, how do we get Adam to be here full-time? And here he is. This is a dream come true for both of us. So, hey, listen, just so our listeners get to know a little bit more about you, tell us, what's your favorite snack food for watching football? Oh, it's not even a question. Definitely nachos. Uh, my oldest daughter, oh, Mackenzie, yeah. uh, she's all about hooking it up with the black beans, the cheese, the chicken, whatever we got on hand. But, yeah, it's not even a close decision. It's nachos. We'll always have the wings, but uh, it's always the easiest on hand is definitely uh, the Sunday nachos. And that's how I know we're going to get along just fine because I also <laughs> chose nachos as my favorite snack food during Washington football. Both mostly buffalo wings, but nachos definitely number one because buffalo wings get yes, messy. Sir. High fives get messy with buffalo wings, you know. So <laughs> I, I love them nachos. All right, we got a lot to talk about today, including the wild card playoff games we're looking forward to, small school prospects, and tons more that uh, just I can't wait to get to. So let's get rolling. Hey, let's start with that Washington football team in the playoffs, huh? The Washington football team managed to rise out of the ashes of the NFC East and get that playoff bid in Week 17. And you're as tuned in as anyone with the WFT. So tell me, what do you think about their prospects in the NFL playoffs this year? Um, honestly, I think if you talk to most Washington fans, uh, if you talked just about six weeks ago, many of would have just said they, they just didn't see this coming. So to see the job that Rivera's done, um, you know, albeit, you know, under duress with everything's going on, I think everyone looks at the record uh, with seven wins. And, you know, a lot of people don't think anyone in the NFC East really belongs. But I think this stretch has really showed that although the offense is really limping in literally with Alex Smith, this is the type of defense that, you know, maybe it's big shoes to fill, but 85 Bears, you know, yep. the Super Bowl Ravens team, you Ooh. know, I think that, yeah. you know, you're talking about a potentially, you know, a cornerback and middle linebacker away from this 
team being that good on defense. But right now, it's all about Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Uh, hands down, the best duo in the league. And I just think they just, even though they're starting to gain some steam and get some love, I think Vegas's odds with a plus touchdown, it's realistic. But I think what they're not taking into account is just how pumped up and how good Chase Young and Montez Sweat are going to be. So I think Tom Brady is going to have yeah. a day. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, they're going to have their top receiver limping into that game with the hyperextension. So I don't think it's as cut and dry. I think you get to Brady. I think they have a great chance to take this one. But, you know, at the end, to get this far, uh, this is a big step forward for this team. Oh, yeah. I mean, just compared to where we thought they were, uh, like halfway through the right. season, this is a huge step forward. And everybody has respect across the industry now or with respect to the Washington football team's defense, for sure. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, I mean, just – Amazing stuff, and I and I love defense as much as anybody. Being a Bears fan, you named those '85 Bears, and I was like starting to get some of those those butterflies, just remembering <laughs> what they were back then, and wishing that we had them back today. Although you know, Khalil Matt, not so bad. Anyway, let's go ahead and uh, yes, get to our next topic. Ring the bell on that one. Let's talk about our AFC and NFC wildcard game. So, speaking of these wildcard games, AFC and NFC matchups this weekend. We got lots of them because it's a super wild card weekend. Let's start with the AFC, Adam. Which AFC matchup are you most looking forward to and why? I'll tell you what, I've just been looking through all the games, you know, a lot of the storylines. And I tell you, I really like Buffalo versus the Colts. I like the storyline with Phillip Rivers, hmm. although I think Buffalo uh-huh. is going to take them handily. But I think the matchup with such, you know, uh, we've, we've talked in the past before of just how good their defense is, especially made over the, you know, the past year. So I think this is a great opportunity to Buffalo just show just how good their offense is, you know, because I think after this game, depending if they can win, you know, barely, or if they can, you know, get a two touchdown kind of win here, I think that'll show right. if they can compete with the big boys. But right now, that that's the game. I think their their run game, they just keep finding running backs. That, I don't know, man. They every time we think they have a good <laughs> running back, they find two more. You know, so I think yep. they're they're a scary team to watch in the playoffs. Buffalo for sure. Oh yeah, no no doubt about it. I mean, Josh Allen, um, just El Fuego right now, and it's amazing the steps forward he's taken this season. Really love that pick. That's definitely an AFC game I'm excited about. But the game that I'm most excited about this weekend are the Baltimore Ravens at the Tennessee Titans. I mean, it's a five-seed versus a four-seed, but the Ravens are actually currently 3.5-point favorites, and they're they're currently the only lower seed to be favored in the wild-card game. And these two teams have a history, right? They've met in the postseason four times in the past. They both won two apiece. So we're going in for a tiebreaker this weekend, and I'm looking forward to some explosive and dynamic offense on both sides. You know, Ravens, Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, and others – Titans, Ryan Hannahill, lighting it up now with A.J. Brown getting behind defenses. And, of course, the league's leading rusher, King Derrick Henry, who is just unstoppable right now, just unstoppable. Offensive stats, if you look at them, are just out of this world for both sides. I mean, I won't go through it again because I actually did go through this um, on the urban sports scene. But I'll just say, you know, most rushing yards per game, Ravens, 191.9. Second most rushing yards per game, Titans, 168.1. Even that being said, almost 30 yards per game more for the Ravens on the ground. That's the difference between number one and number two in the NFL. I mean, that is really fascinating to me, absolutely fascinating. This will be a really interesting thing. The big difference here, of course, is the defense. Ravens' defense still among the best in the league. Seventh least yards allowed per game, second least points allowed per game, tied for the second least opponent red zone scoring attempts per game. I mean, they are legit. The Titans' defense, on the other hand, uh, they're a sieve. (laughs) I'm sorry. 
fifth most yeah. yards allowed per game, ninth most points, third least sacks, third most opponent red zone scoring attempts per game. They, they it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough yes. if they can't control Lamar Jackson. And I've said this a number of times now. Once he gets confidence and gets in the stride, he's unstoppable. If he's shaken, if he doesn't have confidence, if he can't run for that five or six yard gain when the entire uh, play breaks down, then I see there's a there's a possibility here that the Titans kind of sneak by, but I think the Ravens defense find a way to limit Henry to a 100-yard game and not a 200-yard game, and Lamar Jackson For remains sure. hot and confident, and the Ravens take this one. So, uh, you know, so what do you think? I mean, what, so those are both great games. Obviously, we named two of the big, two of the AFC games right there, mm-hmm. but you know, you you have to, you have any thoughts on on Ravens Titans? You know, I think you mentioned about the rushing yards comparable. You know, you're talking about Derrick Henry, you know, a one-man wrecking machine with the Ravens. They're talking about, what, two, three, four guys, you know, brought those total rushing yards with their attack. Kind of a one-trick pony. Tannehill can get going, but he won't get going unless Henry really establishes himself. I think they're really going to have to get him involved in the passing game, not just the rushing game, because I think Baltimore's going to challenge them. They're going to really put a lot of guys in the box. They're going to challenge those uh, Titans receivers. But be careful what you wish for, because A.J. Brown will burn them if they try to do that. So I don't think this is going to be as close as people think. as, As you mentioned about the Titans' defense, I think this will be a day where the Ravens just run away with it. The question is, will this be the best game of their playoff? I think this will be the best game. And, you know, I question yep. if they can sustain it with, you know, their up and down play. But I think they'll take this one handily. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on all those points. Very interesting game to watch. We actually have a caller in right now. It's Lou. Hey, Lou, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Thanks. I thought I'd get my uh, comment so, since um, we're short on time. So, anyway, <laughs> I don't think you want to – I don't think you want to mess with Derrick Henry with the phenomenal season he's had. So, I think he's making it uh, – uh, that team was very dangerous. So uh, I yep. think I watch out for uh, with, that, with Derrick Henry here. Yep. Oh, interesting. Well, so you're, um, you're going the other way on this one. Huh? You're saying Derrick Henry will carry the day for the Tennessee Titans, and we, and we won't have the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens and their wrecking machine taking this, uh, taking this wild card game. I think he's lost a step a bit. I mean, you know, it's been, it's been told, you know, after the phenomenal season they had last year, he's kind of uh, lost his luster a little bit. Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. I'm really worried right, about, well. though, is um, but I am really worried about you know. I was I was thinking this question over um, yesterday, like who would be the most vulnerable team uh, in the playoffs? And I think the most vulnerable team uh, right now, well, I hate to say it, but it's the Steelers. I mean, yeah, they came flying out of the gate, going 11 and 0, and then all of a sudden they just crashed and burned down the stretch. So. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh is the team that uh, worries me the most uh, right now. Yeah, so I think we've said a couple times, um, actually, that, that the Steelers are one of the least impressive 10-0 and zero teams earlier on this season. But, you know, Adam, what do you think about that, the Steelers? <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, the Steelers are just another up-and-down kind of team. But I think, you know, they definitely have the firepower to keep that going. I definitely trust their defense consistently more than I trust the Ravens. And, and, you know, like Lou said, I can definitely see Derrick Henry having that, you know, roll tide. You know, I love what the guy can do. I love what the Bama fact. I think they'll continue it next year with, with oh, Najee Harris. Bama fan. And, I forgot about um, that. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, you uh-huh. don't forget, man. Since Chris, since Chris Samuels, you know, they're a long time now. But um, I think that yep. they'll, have, they'll have a tough time. But, again, I think what we said is will Baltimore have that game? And I'm just – this is the game I'm predicting that they'll really – 
they'll connect on, you know, AJ Brown, they'll have, you know, Des Bryant crazy enough, you know, a lot of their other guys, I think they'll, they'll make some connections, but I think after this, they're going to have a lot of trouble. I think uh, the Titans have shown me a yeah. lot with their run game, but as you mentioned it, I just think their defense is just not good enough to uh, take this game. So, yeah, totally agree with that. But thanks for your question, Lou. That's thanks for your, uh, for the, for contributing to the show and, and good, good thoughts there on the, uh, on the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. So let's uh, move along with the uh, show here because we got we're so we're so packed we get, we're running out of time already. Adam, I can't believe I know, this, man. But, um, always <laughs> good to have callers. Always good to have callers. Thanks a lot, Lou. All right, Adam. Uh, let's get to the NFC side. I got wild card games up there too. So which one are you looking forward to there? Uh, not even a question for me. It, it, it's Saints against your Bears. I just think uh, Drew Brees comes uh... out and I think he's going to show that he's back. He's got his weapons, and I think if the Bears defense really commits to stop in the past, I think, you know, Kamara and crew are just going to really run the ball. So I just think it's pick your poison. I just don't think the bears are going to have enough, uh, you know, add into the New Orleans Saints defense is, you know, although they've had some up and down games here, and I just think that they're going to rise to the occasion, but I think this is the team that you're going to really watch in the NFC. Of course, we always talk about green Bay, but Drew Brees uh, coming into this, you know, we'll see how healthy he is and how everything's going. He's looked, they've looked good so far. Um, I like how they're still mixing up with Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill, but uh, I really think that the Saints Bears is going to be, you know, a good game to watch. I don't know if we're going to be talking about, you know, a forty, you know, kind of thirty-seven shootout here, but I think uh, yeah. the Saints will definitely well, so. uh, be the be the you know the good-looking team on this day. I think Mitch Trubisky has really probably got to have one of his best games of his career, but you know, crazier tuned in not because I think it's going to be a Saints blowout, but I think it's going to be a really yep. game, good game to watch. Well, I, I sure hope you're right because obviously being a huge Bears fan, I, I love the Bears. And over the last three games, the Bears have been better. Uh, most red zone scoring attempts per game in the last three. Eighth uh, least first downs allowed to opposing teams. Sixth least third down conversions allowed to opposing teams. Tied for the second least penalties. They've been playing clean football. That being said, the Saints are the Saints. Drew Brees is Drew Brees. Alvin Kamara gets off of his COVID uh, quarantine just in time to appear for the Sunday game. And, you know, I think one of the least talked about good defenses are the New Orleans Saints. I mean, obviously the Bears defense is pretty solid, and I, I'm a big fan of Khalil Mack, but the Saints defense uh, just kind of kind of sneaking under the radar. But fourth least yards allowed per game, fifth least points allowed per game, eighth most sacks, tied for the most interceptions this season. I mean, they've actually been quietly a really solid defense. Uh, obviously, I, I think that the Saints will take it, uh, and I'm just hoping that you are right and that it is a shootout because I will at least enjoy the Bears going down in a blaze of glory. <laughs> but I will uh, very quickly say that I am looking forward to the Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks currently a 4.5-point favorite there. Seahawks, you know, listen, it's, it's, all about, it's all about Danger Russ Wilson and DK Metcalf. Those two can make the magic happen. The offense, however, is only 17th in total yards per game and is tied for allowing the fifth most – sacks this season so they're not doing him any favors but he's still really um, amazing the only problem is that when the Seahawks were dominant they had a great defense and their defense this year is Swiss cheese they're the second worst pass defense in the league however you look on the other side and the Rams are starting well I don't know who they're starting right could be Jared Goff he's coming back from a thumb surgery maybe they're starting AAF star John Wolford under center I don't know but he did all right in the NFL debut in his must-win week 17 matchup against the Cardinals and the Rams allowed you know, generally over the season, the Rams allow the six least sacks this season. So, you know, they don't tend to keep their, their quarterback upright. You know, and they got Cooper Cup back. Uh, their defense is legit, one of the best in the league. Second overall, third against the pass and run. 
Um, but their offense hasn't been great, you know, and if it's going to be uh, John Wolford, as much as a good story that is, and I, I'd like to see him be successful in the NFL, I just think it's going to be a problem for them, and I just can't find it in me to bet against Russell Wilson in an important game. Right. So I'll take the Seahawks here. Any thoughts, thoughts on the Rams Seahawks? 100%. I, I just can't bet against Wilson. I'm a huge fan. As, I, you know, I, as a Washington fan, we saw him slip. A lot of people weren't, um, you know, I guess in the know about Russell Wilson, I, I had a little bit of inclination. I caught a little bit of his tape at NC State, you know, a little bit later, and I was uh-huh. I really liked what I saw, and I thought when he slipped it, we could see a team like Washington. So ever since then, he's just been nothing but, you know, better, better every year. As far as uh-huh. the yep. Rams go, I tell you, I I like what McVay's doing out there and what the way he was able to use with the zone read RPOs, different you know motion offense with uh, Wolford compared to what he was able to do with uh-huh. golf. I was really impressed. It won't. I don't think it's sustainable. Yeah. No, but I think we'll be surprised. You know, don't be surprised if you know the, the Wolford has you know close to 70, 80 yards and two touchdowns because I think that's going to be something they're going to have to commit to in order to open up the play action because I think without that. They're just one-dimensional, and they'll just sit in cloud cover to, you know, shut them down. So, Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, I take a lot of heat because I did watch a lot of AAF football before they were shut down. I did watch a lot of XFL football because they, before they shut down because I watch basically any football I get my hands on. And, you know, John right. Wolford was a quote-unquote star in the AAF, and, and I kind of like to see those guys, you know, who, who commit their time and all that effort – and hard work and to get up to the NFL and get a start and get an opportunity like this. This is a big opportunity for him, you know, winning that week 17 game that was basically a playoff game for the Rams and having maybe an opportunity to play in a wild card game. I mean, that's got to be a dream come true for the guy. So I want him to be successful, but man, Russell Wilson is just Russell Wilson. You know, I mean, it, it, he didn't look great against the 49ers for three quarters of the game and then he turned it on and he can just do that. He can just do that. He can make it, he can create, he doesn't need an offensive line. He needs one guy to catch the ball and everything else is on Russell Wilson. So it's going to be really interesting to see how all that turns out. Let's go ahead and hit the bell on this topic. And let's get, um, let's get, let's look ahead here. Let's look ahead. Cause I want to talk about which AFC team is best suited to knock off the chiefs and which NFC team is best suited to knock off the Packers. Cause obviously the chiefs and the Packers both on a bye week this week, uh, being one seeds in their respective divisions. So let me ask you this question first on the AFC side, which team do you think is best suited to knock off the chiefs? I think everyone's going to focus on the defense that, you know, who could stop Mahomes, but I don't think it's going to come down to that. I do think it's going to be a shootout. And I think Buffalo, as I mentioned earlier, the Colts game is something I'm really interested to see if they can put them away early. But I think Buffalo has the kind of firepower with Diggs and co that I think that Kansas city would have a ton of trouble with. Cause I think nobody's mistaken the Kansas city DBs, you know, as anything special. And I think, that the way Buffalo comes at you with the run game, with the pass game, you know, with the read options, RPOs, the spreads, everything that they do over there, I just think that they're really hard to stop, similar to Kansas City with the enemy's uh, um, motion offense. So I think that when it comes down to it, if Buffalo gets through this round, I'm, I'm going to have them as my favorite in the AFC Championship against Kansas City. Yeah, no, I love, love, love that pick. And I know, I know that we kind of talked a little bit about this pre-show, but, I mean, the Buffalo Bills – They've been kind of, I don't know, pretenders on the outside looking in for a long time. And to this year, I mean, the steps that Josh Allen has taken forward this year, accuracy in just making the right plays, you know, release point and timing, you know, in the pocket, 
running when he needs to. I mean, Josh Allen is just – he just seems unstoppable right, right now. He's, he's kind of – I feel about Josh Allen like I felt about Patrick Mahomes last year. You know, it, yeah. it just seems like he's there. He's taking that step. And as you mentioned, Stephon Diggs is, is flourishing there in Buffalo. Cole Beasley is flourishing right. in Buffalo. And, of course, the rookie Gabriel Davis also doing a great job there. And, you know, what happens when John Brown comes back, if he ever comes back, I don't know. But that's – I mean, Allen spreads it around, and he gets those guys involved, you know. I mean, it's just – it's impressive what he's been able to do uh, in Buffalo. And it doesn't even matter – that their running back situation is kind of iffy at best, you know. It's just like they got Zach, they got Zach Moss, they got Devin Singletary. That's good enough. Um, he is just making it all happen. And when he's in rhythm, there's no stopping him. There's absolutely no stopping him. Now Kansas City, I feel, is under a lot of pressure because they're the defending champs, and everyone has very right. high expectations. It's not a surprise anymore, right? It was, it was a nice story last year. Wow, these guys are amazing. I love watching Patrick Mahomes. The guy throws passes without looking and all this other, you know, stuff. But they've won now. They've won the Super Bowl. They're right. defending champs. That's a different place to be for them. They're not, they're not underdogs by any stretch of the imagination. This is not a first time. No one's now rooting for Andy Reid to get his first Super Bowl. It's none of that, right? You guys are now the villains. <laughs> you're the Patriots yeah. because everyone yeah. knows you can win, and you're unstoppable. That's right. You know, they only lost one game this season, and they – I mean, well, one real game this season, I should say. They only lost one real <laughs> right. game this season when, when they were when they were playing all their starters. And, and there was a kind of fluky thing to the Las Vegas Raiders who really a lot of wasted talent on that team, but we'll get to that in the offseason. You know, Patrick Mahomes is still one of the greatest, uh, and we've seen him have, but we've seen him have some tough days recently against some really mediocre teams, such as in the 17-14 win against the Falcons in Week 16. And they only won right. because Atlanta missed a makeable field goal, time essentially expiring at the end of the game. So, you know, this it can happen. This can happen to him, yep. and the Buffalo defense is opportunistic. And Josh Allen is, is really just dynamic. I see this as the best opportunity to beat the Chiefs. I totally agree with you there. Let's flip to the NFC side now. Which NFC team do you think is best suited to knock off the Packers? Yeah, I, and as mentioned before, the Saints. I think Drew Brees is always that guy that he'll do better indoors, of course. But I would never bet, bet against him outdoors either because I think that just the way that they're able to move their offense, the way that their running backs are just so versatile and they can just do so many things with their tight ends. I just think that that's a matchup that Green Bay will have a lot of trouble with. Cause I think Green Bay compared to last year, I think their defense is going up and down. I don't think it's a defense you can hang your hat on. So if you can't do that, yep. I think you, you know, you're talking about a shootout. If anyone's you know, better suited to have a shootout with Aaron Rodgers, it's, it's Drew Brees. So I, I think to me, it's not even close. I think it's the Saints. Thing. So, obviously, these guys met earlier in the season when the New Orleans Saints were going in the wrong direction and the Packers were, were right. undefeated. Um, Packers won 37-30. to 30. It was a close game. It was a shootout. Could have gone either way. It definitely could have gone either way. Yep. This is a much different team now, obviously, a lot more experience. And we've learned a lot about the Saints, right? We've learned that they have right. depth, that they don't need yes. all their starters. They don't need Michael Thomas to be successful, which yeah. is shocking That's to scary. me, right? I mean, I, yeah. I, yeah. yeah, it is absolutely scary that you have – uh, the mix of, uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders and uh, Trey Kwan. Well, I guess Trey Kwan's been out for a while. But, you know, all those different receivers, uh, you know, all those different receivers, including Cook and, uh, you know, the tight ends that you mentioned, it's just, it's just amazing to me that they can piece it together. And, you know, they don't, even need, they don't even need Alvin Kamara there. They don't even need Latavius Murray there. They can make it happen with Ty Montgomery. You know, I mean, the I Packers couldn't make it work with Ty Montgomery. So I, I agree. <laughs> but, but with all that said, I think right. that the NFC team that's best suited to knock off the Packers are the Buccaneers. 
and and I know I know that's going to be controversial because I think the smart <laughs> money is on the Saints being being knocking off the Packers if anybody. But listen, you know I think at the end of the day, you can have the best defense in the league, but you need to have offense to beat the Packers. I mean it's just no way two ways about it. Rodgers is going to score, and you need to keep up. And the Packers are somewhat vulnerable in the pass, and Brady has so many weapons there. And we saw when Tom Brady uh, is, on, is in sync, he can, just, he can still huck it. And he's got Mike Evans, he's got Chris Godwin, he's got Antonio Brown, he's got Gronk, even Scotty Miller, right? He can take advantage yeah. of all that. And there is some significant playoff experience there. I mean, obviously Brady is was most, some of the best and most playoff experience of any player in the league. You know, no stage is too big for them. And at this time, at this point in time, you know, what you need, what you need to beat the Packers is not only experience, but the belief that you can do it. You need to believe that you can do anything. And if nothing else, Brady definitely believes he can do anything, right? Even when he fails, he thinks that it's not his fault. So at the end of the day, he is going to think he can beat them. He's going to know he can beat them. And he's going to have the weapons around him to beat them. I, I really do think that if the Buccaneers and the Packers play, it's going to be a shootout, and it's uh, and they have a really good chance of knocking off the Packers. And and you know I I say that obviously hoping that the Packers get knocked out. Being a Bears fan, I hate the Packers, but I respect Aaron Rodgers and the fact that he can. He's just one of those guys. He's generational. He's a quarterback that has right. exceeded basically every measure of a good quarterback in an NFL football team. All right, let's go ahead and hit the boxing bell on that, and because I want to get to the last segment of the day, and that is our new segment. It's, I'm really excited about this. I'm gonna, I, even get, I even decided to put some uh, intro music for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. It's our small school GIR of the week. That is Diamond of the Rough. That's right. I'm talking about small school prospects with the guy who knows it all about small school prospects, and that is Adam. So, Adam, give us your small school DIR of the week. Well, we got a guy that he actually he drew a lot of national attention this year. You know, we only saw five games from uh, Buffalo University. But I think this kid, Jared Patterson, uh, out of Buffalo, 5'9", 195, he really uh, put his name on the map this year. Uh, just keep this in perspective. One game against Kent, uh, Kent State, eight four hundred 400-plus yards. Right now, he finished the year by leading the nation, 178.7 yards per game. Um, I really like this kid going in the draft right now. You know, the evaluators are all over the place as far as, you know, day three prospect, but, you know, where can he land? Um, I think the knock on him could be the amount of carries because as great as 2020 has been in only five games, he's got nearly 1,100 yards. In 2019, he actually had 312 carries for almost 1,800 yards. So he's got a lot of wear and tear over the last two years. But he's just this wow. bowling ball guy. I've seen them use him more in 2019 in the receiving game. He had a little over 200 yards and a touchdown. But I really like his soft hand. So it'll be interesting how far they go this. You know, a lot of draft nuts out there uh, really have a lot of knocks on them. But on the small school level, you know, people will question how small is Buffalo considering some of the prospects they've kicked out as of the last couple of years. But uh, this kid, Jared Patterson, he's not going to be in the discussion with, you know, Najee Harris, anybody that you would think, or Etienne, anybody that we're talking about here. But I think this is a solid uh-huh. guy that you could build, you know, a run back rotation if you're looking for that, you know, a guy that's really going to break those those tackles, get you a lot of yaks, 
Um, but I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with this shortened year and how uh, evaluators will, you know, treat the 2020 season. But this is a kid to watch, and you know, I'll have an article dropping soon with the Burgundy and Gold report about him, just to give a full evaluation, in-depth look at him. So looking forward to that. That is awesome. That is some great info, man. I'm go- I, now I'm going to have to keep my eyes out for all these guys, and and I get to, I get to sit here firsthand and get it from you every week. So this is going to be fantastic, everyone. Definitely tune in for this. This is going to be fun. It might not every every week. I guess the the idea is that we might not be small school every week, but we're going to get a diamond right. in the rough every week. So this will be a lot of fun. All right, that's all the time we have for the show. Do you believe it? I can't believe it's over already. Look at the air horn on the show so here. So quick. Well, Adam, congrats. You finished your first show as an official co-host. How are you feeling? Oh, man, it was a great time. I'm just looking forward to the next show. Can't wait for it, man. Get to these playoffs. You know, as much as I'm a draft guy, <laughs> I'm still a Washington fan. So I want to see that, you know, as 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 much as you can never bet bet against Brady, you know, I right now I can't bet against Chase Young. And I, I just love the way football is uh, going to Washington right now. I love the upswing and can't wait to just continue to chop it up with you, man. Had a great time. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, first of all, fantastic time on the podcast and we got many many more to come because we're going to be back next week and we're going to be talking about all that stuff so hopefully you'll be talking about a washington football team win i'll be talking about a bears almost win and we'll be talking about some great football over the weekend it's going to be great hey you wanted to drop your social media so people can follow you yeah, uh, definitely follow me, B&G Report on Twitter, lowercase r. Uh, you can find all my articles, uh, show appearance, just like tonight. It will be on my uh, site every week, burgundyandgoldreport.wordpress.com. And, you know, hail D.C. Keep following me. <laughs> nice. And everybody definitely check that out. Some amazing content over on the Burgundy and Gold. You do not want to miss out. This is just a taste. Just a taste, everybody. All right. Well, thanks again, everyone, for wasting time with us. It's great to have everybody and all our listeners out there. So until next time, enjoy your NFL week.